0: Going on guys Welcome back to Pure Evil MMA Tonight you are all in for a treat Let me put my smoke out I said fuck it Usually I don't smoke on scene, on camera, for the show but I had to have a little smoke Because man, I am stressed out A lot like a lot of you guys out there We are stressed out When we go in To these big pay-per-views Let me just really quick remind you guys UFC 235 is tomorrow night and we got turned up here at the pure evil MMA studios. Because the weigh-ins has officially just wrapped up. Everyone has made weight and we are in for a treat. So let's cut the music and I got to tell you guys, we might witness history tomorrow night. Tomorrow night UFC 235 has all the ingredients to be a top 5 card in the last 5 years, maybe of all time. It does have the ingredients to be a top 5 pay-per-view card of all time because well, a lot of you guys out there make me say, well, Ed, you know what? I don't think it's going to do that well in pay-per-view sales. That's not what I'm talking about. The competition the storylines for the people out there that are following along with the storylines that have been going on. For the people out there that have been sleeping on the other fights on this card, like Cody No Love versus Pedro Munos. Johnny Walker is on this. This card is absolutely stacked. But we are not here to talk about that. As a matter of fact, I will be doing my prediction show tomorrow morning. The predictions at PureEvilMMA.com will be up tomorrow morning. So go check it out, PureEvilMMA.com. We got about five other writers writing for us right now, so I'm really excited about that. But tonight we are here to have fun. This is an exciting time. I don't want to waste your time talking about the fights. I want to pump you up tomorrow morning. Because right now we're all at the edge of our seats. We're all anxious. So let's just kind of sit back. And enjoy what we've been able to witness in the past week. Because a lot has happened. And the one place I like to go, and they throw in a, a little bit of comedy along with it, is Reddit. The MMA Reddit is one of the funniest places I've ever been. It's br- it's brought so much joy. It's brought happiness to my face. And if you're an MMA fan, you're probably an MMA fan. If Basically, every sport fan is a sport fan for one reason. We all have shitty lives. maybe not all of us, but even people with a lot of money can be a little depressed, maybe even more depressed than what some other people are, but the point being, we're all laying in the gutter, but some of us enjoy looking at the sky, I saw that line from somebody, by the way, us looking at the sky is us tuning into MMA, us watching these big cards. The moments that get us to the edge of our seat. Now, you guys might be like, Oh, well, John Jones versus Anthony Smith. That's kind of just like, you know, a a WTF fight. No. No, man. You are so wrong. You couldn't be more wrong. Maybe you didn't see Luke Rockhold versus Michael Bisping. Because people were saying the same thing about that. Maybe you people did not see Ronda Rousey versus Holly Holm. Maybe you people did not see gsp versus matt sarah because it's these kind of fights that make history now i interviewed anthony smith and i'm not going to spend too much time on this because i will talk about it tomorrow so subscribe down below here on periscope itunes Podbean, citrus spotify youtube wherever you're tuning in right now to watch this i will be doing a, a prediction show followed by a recap show um, matter of fact i'm going to be doing a fight companion tomorrow as well for UFC 235 so I'm very excited about that and you can find the links at pureevilmma.com but I, inf- I I interviewed Anthony Smith about three four years ago nobody cared nobody gave a shit I interviewed Colby Covington three four years ago nobody gave a shit I interviewed Jermaine Doranamy for her title fight against Holly Holm nobody gave a shit and I know that kinda of backfired a lot of people end up hating uh, Jermaine which she, she doesn't deserve it was up to the ref in my eyes. I may be a little biased throw that at me Comment down below if I'm being biased She didn't deserve that it was up to the ref to uh, step in and uh, Break that up But my point being it's these kind of fights That become legendary when somebody who is completely counted out somebody like Anthony Smith and we heard it from John Jones I want to try something new. I want to show you guys something that I've been working on. You're undermining Anthony Smith. That sounds pretty familiar to somebody named Luke Rockhold, who said the same thing about Michael Bisping fight. Oh, I've been working on this kick. I can't wait to show you guys. And he gets knocked out. Now, if you did, before I move on with the Reddit review, if you guys did just tune into the their weigh-in show, like I said, I I am happy that everybody made weight, but if you think for a split second that those boos from the fans and the audience made any impact on John Jones, you're out of your mind, waste that energy, if anything, you're firing up more, and when I say fired up, you're giving them more peace of mind. People yelling cheater. And yeah, I understand the whole debacle with the picogram. I've spoke about, everyone spoke about it till we were blue in the face. Uh, Our point is across. People have, you know, picked their post where they stand with this thing. At the end of the day, tomorrow night, John Jones will still be fighting Anthony Lionheart Smith. The co-main event, Woodley versus Usman going to be huge. I interviewed Usman's brother about 12 weeks ago, and Usman's brother told me, Usman's brother's actually a fighter as well. Maybe not uh, as big, but he told me, you know, when people make fun of him about the 30% comment, yeah, it's a little a little outdated at this point, obviously. It, it, it gets old quick. But it fires him up. It inspires him. So for those of you guys out there that I think you're dissing on him, you're firing him up. You're, you're bringing out a better uh, performance. So I can't wait to see what happens. But let's jump into Reddit. Let's jump into the meat and potatoes of things, like I enjoy saying. But first, before we do that, make sure to subscribe down below. Follow us on Spotify, iTunes, Podmean, YouTube. We're not allowed to go live on YouTube for 90 days. And I think that mark is coming up very soon because... The last pay per view that we had, I decided to go live. And no, I was not flagged for having that reflection in the mirror, in the window behind us. Matter of fact, I was flagged for the most ridiculous thing ever a commercial played on my phone while I was playing copyright free music. And I got flagged for a YouTube ad. Like, it makes no sense. PewDiePie is getting flagged. Drama Alert is getting flagged. YouTube is going down the drains, in my opinion. They need to figure that entire situation out. But uh, make sure to subscribe down below. Leave us a thumbs up if you enjoy this podcast. Check out our interviews, but let's not waste any more time. Let's jump right over to the Reddit. All right, here we go. Let's let's dive in. Let's dive in. Since this is not the MMA meme review, which half the show is an MMA meme review, let's jump into the actual Reddit side of things, the actual news stories that have been going around, because there has been a lot going around that people have been asking me to uh, discuss. I haven't been able to do a podcast uh, discussing a lot of the headlines going on. I did have Brian Miner on the show, I had Jillian Robertson on the show. And I am going to be going back to the original format of Pure Evil MMA where I have guests on. I talk about the latest news. But I thought tonight it was just a perfect idea to do an MMA Reddit review. Discuss some memes. So I hope you guys are enjoying this. Fortunately, I can't upload that first part to iTunes. So let's jump into the MMA Reddit news review. Let's jump over there. Here we go. Let's see. And obviously tomorrow UFC 235. Is going down. Alright. First. What the fuck just happened? Alright. Cody Garbrandt. You know what? Should I zoom in a little bit for you guys? Let me zoom in. Just a wee bit. if you, So you guys can uh, read this a little bit better. Uh, Cody Garbrandt. This is a quote from Cody Garbrandt. For those of you guys listening to the audio. After the first TJ loss. I thought man. I'm going to have a GSP career. Lose, come back, and win a title. I got beat again, and I was like, damn. I'm going to have a DC career. He got beat twice by Jones. Now he's a double champion. You've got to have light at the end of the tunnel. I don't know about that, Cody. I don't know. I I love the inspiration. I I love... The positive energy. I love the message there. I don't think that defines you though. That uh, the TJ fight, man. Like, here's the thing about the, the oh, man. Here's the thing about the TJ fight. I th- I honestly thought Cody. You know, I actually have his book behind me. I thought that Cody No love, was gonna be a staple. I thought he was gonna be a defending champion for quite some time. He gets to. That TJ Dillashaw fight. And if you guys go back to that fight and remember that first round, I was like, Oh shit, this this is some next level competition. Cody Nolov really is the real deal. And if you guys remember before that, going back before the first round, they had an entire season of the Ultimate Fighter. Cody choked out TJ on that season. There was a lot of beef. At the end of the first round in the actual fight, Cody looks across the cage at TJ and TJ was almost finished at the end of that first round. He goes, it's not going past the second. And it didn't go past the second round. TJ caught Cody with a nasty eye kick. Dropped him. I was like, wow. Well, all right. In the next fight, I do see Cody finishing TJ. was not the case. And I think this is really sad that people are sleeping on tomorrow night's fight with Cody Nolove. Following this guy's fight career. Here's the issue. Let's get real. Here's the issue. When he came into the UFC, we followed him through through his debut. I think it was at UFC 189. He walks out with a little Maddox Maple. Uh, he, He gets a couple of amazing knockouts. UFC 202, McGregor vs. Diaz 2. He goes, there gets a knockout in a matter of seconds. I'll never forget how happy I was. The energy that was going through my body. Screaming at the top of my lungs. That's what it's all about. What makes it even better is the story after these guys fall, though. Here's the issue when Cody Nola became champion, though. Let me just check OBS, make sure my mic's still plugged in. Alright, yeah. So here's the issue when Cody became champion. I think he got a little bit too confident, a little bit too cocky. Now I talked with Cody a couple of times on Instagram, uh just just through like comments and shit like that, and him responding. When he became champion, it felt like he got so big headed. And I don't wanna I, I don't wanna say too much because you know, that fight with TJ was so close. That first fight with TJ was so close. And it, You don't want to root against anyone. You don't want to talk shit about world champions, these high-level athletes. But there was something that definitely changed. I don't know exactly what it was. We can say it was Ego, but I don't know exactly what it was. Something changed with Cody. And I think that was his biggest fall. And I think with this tweet, with this quote, he's, he's thinking too deep in it. Don't compare yourself with somebody else's life or career. You have your own personality. You have your own journey. You're drawing in a different color than anyone else. If you win tomorrow night, man, you're right back on track. If you lose tomorrow night, It's going to be frustrating. It's going to be frustrating. I don't think the UFC is going to get rid of Cody, no love. I I really can't see them getting rid of Cody. Even if he loses the next fight and the fight after, I do not see them leaving him. And I don't know how many fights he has left on his contract. I just, I just don't see it. I still think this guy has potential to be champion. Once again, I really do. So we'll see what happens tomorrow night. But, uh, the question is, if he wins tomorrow night, does he get the title shot next? I don't I don't, I don't think so. But he's definitely in the talks of getting that title shot. But with, with this comment, I understand where he's coming from. Don't worry about all that, though. Don't worry about all that. Do your own thing, bro. And he knows that. He already knows that. Let's go down a little bit. Max, all right, this was huge news this week. Max Holloway versus Dustin Poirier, two for the interim lightweight title. Kind of weird, right? Max Holloway moving up. Big step up, right? This is big. I mean, Max Holloway he came into the UFC very young. He's been in this weight division for some time now. Obviously, your body is, is going to grow. It's going to get to a time where it's going to be harder and harder to cut weight, to make 145 pounds. But he looks phenomenal. It's not like the Conor McGregor effect where he was taking guy after guy out, but looked like a zombie. He he looked awful when he was getting down to 145 pounds to the point where his coaches, his team was all saying, we don't want to see you get like that again. You're making weight, you're winning, you're making history. But it wasn't until UFC 205 that we saw the actual level Conor is at. We weren't seeing a depleted Conor McGregor. We could say the same thing about Cowboy. There's a couple of fighters that Look better at a higher weight class. Now, there's pros and cons, and I've talked to a lot of fighters about this. I spoke to my co-host, James McSweeney, who was on Season 10 Ultimate Fighter, UFC vet. He went down from heavyweight to light heavyweight. Goldberg, Rogan, they're all saying he looked better. There's pros and cons. Max Holloway moving up against Dustin Diamond, man. (sighs) What do you guys think? Here, what do, what do you guys think? Tweet me right now. Comment down below. Let me know what you guys think about this fight. Like, I I don't see Max Holloway winning this fight. I uh, if I can put a percent on it, I would say sixty percent for Dustin. And, and honestly, in my in my mind, it's more than that. But I can I could Dustin Dustin uh, Max Holloway. Definitely has a great chance of winning. I, I, I could see Max uh, being a, a very competitive fight for Dustin. I just see Dustin winning this fight, though. As for the interim part about it, like we were discussing in the meme review, what the fuck is an interim title nowadays? It doesn't mean much. It doesn't stand for much. It doesn't have much weight upon its name. It means nothing. It's a joke. Look at how Michael Bisping was talking to Kobe Covington when he won the title. Look how people were treating Tony Ferguson when he won the interim title. These guys that are going in there, putting their blood, sweat, and tears since they were little kids to one day hope to hold that UFC gold, and they finally get the chance to do it, and yet you have the entire organization, you have entire, you have the entire community, most of the entire community of MMA fans, which are brutal like every other sport, talking down and making them feel like it's worthless to the point where the interim title has now become worthless. Not just because of that, but because the UFC is now stripping interim titles. They're granting them to make money for themselves, and the guys who get them, who get the win, and are granted the interim title, are stripped from it after they get the paycheck at corporate. And it makes these fighters look like idiots. So no wonder why Tony Ferguson didn't want this fight. But this is, without a doubt, this is a, an amazing fight. It's kind of weird though. Like, Max Holloway, it's not like he's going to be the double champ. Like, what do you call him? If he wins the interim title, he's the featherweight and the interim lightweight champ. Like, it, it, like, what does that mean? You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's become devalued. Because of the way it's been treated by the organization itself that's created it. And has been setting up these fights. It's nonsense. It's nonsense. It's a marketing ploy. It's a marketing ploy. And the fighters know that. Which, you know, I, I, l- listen, listen. I'm sure if the UFC reached out to Max Holloway and they're like, Do you want to fight Dustin, Dustin Poirier for the number one contender spot? He'd say, yeah. He'd say, yeah, if you add the interim title on it, knowing that at the end of the fight, if you win, you're gonna get some gold. But it still, it just, it means more for the fighter than it does for the organization or the fans. Like, and it's just sad to see how the organization treats that winner of that fight. It's sad to see how the fans treat the winner of that fight. It's sad to see these fighters get stripped immediately. No questions asked, overnight. Great, last year, 2018, we saw, I think, five f- five champions between champs and interim champs, uh, champs get stripped. That's record breaking. And that's why this, this interim, <laughs> they don't even capitalize the word interim. Like, that's how devalued it is. Come on, let's move on here. Robert Whitaker on UFC 236 interim title <laughs> fight are Adesanya and Gasol going to fight for Suzuki? So yeah, all right. Exactly, exactly. Ah, uh, you guys saw this. I don't even want to discuss it. Jeremy Stevens says he felt suicidal in high school, and the feel this is serious. And the feeling returned after his loss to Jose Aldo, says Eric Del Fierro Saved his life by enrolling him into the mental health classes we saw a similar situation when gsp lost to matt sarah a lot of fighters will go to uh i forgot exactly what they call it it's not called mental health cl- i guess it is but it's like a uh, athlete therapy athlete uh why can't i think of what the actual name of it is but it's it, it's it's uh it's like yoga in a way where you're, you're trying to get your mind right. You're trying to get a grip on things a little bit better. I guess you could say a mental health classes. And that's sad to see, man. Jeremy Stevens doesn't deserve that. He's been in the UFC for how long now? Losing a a legend like Jose Aldo, that's making you depressed? I hate seeing that, man. And uh, I think a lot of people give Jeremy Stevens a lot of shit after he became a meme with... I even saw this on Christmas shirts. I bought... <laughs> I bought my ex-girlfriend uh, a shirt that said it. Who the fuck is that guy? Everyone says it. It's it's getting beaten and old now. But it's stuck with Jeremy Stevens Since it happened. At the UFC 205. Or was it the UFC 205 presser? It's just sad, man. It's sad to see how these fighters are treated by fans. And we, we can even go back to... For a lot of these guys, they need to realize this is in every sport. Uh, You look at baseball. Look at Roger Maris, a guy who played for the New York Yankees next to Mickey Mantle, uh, right after Joe DiMaggio, chasing after the home run record of Babe Ruth. Now, I'm here on the East Coast. I'm from Connecticut. I'm Italian. This was my grown-up. I heard these stories as a kid. And I did my research. I watched the videos. I saw the movie 61, which put it down perfectly. And let me get right to the point here. Back in 1961, when Roger Maris was chasing for that record to beat Babe Ruth in home runs, trying to reach 61 home runs, you had fans in the stands grabbing their chair, throwing it at Roger Maris. He was harassed. His family was harassed and threatened to be killed while he was away from home traveling with the team. This guy went through hell. Then it got to the point when Mickey Mantle got injured that year and had to pull out. And he was neck and neck. I'll never forget these stories when I was growing up from my grandma and uh, my grandfather. Like and it's why these moments like with Conor McGregor were so big at MSG and, and seeing what he's able to do today. Those were the moments I'm going to share with my grandchildren, overcoming adversity. And but, but my point being really quick, I'm sorry for getting off track there. Every athlete that's trying to do something special and take on a legend, and sometimes you fall backwards. But as long as you still have a chance to move forward. Be gracious for that. Count your blessings. I can only imagine how hard it is. It's easy for me to say, but I can only imagine how hard it is for Jeremy Stevens. And I know how brutal fans are. Look at Rashad Evans, man. He listened to a lot of what people said negatively about him, and if you look at his ego, and his comp- not even ego, his confidence, which I think confidence is a healthy thing, ego is a healthy thing to an extent. Look at him on season 10, Rashad Evans, the ultimate fighter, at the high place he was. Fast forward and look at where his ego was and his mindset was when he felt like his team was betraying him, and they had John Jones go in there to fight him. And his team that he's been with for years wasn't there in his corner, but they were in the corner of this new guy that they put their energy into. Imagine how crushing that was. To come full circle with this, there was a picture released on the Embedded's this week. For Chad Evans with his arm around John Jones. Everything passes, man. Everything. No matter what you're going through. Jeremy Stevens, man, I know you're going through a battle. Everyone is fighting a battle. Everything passes, though. There's a lot of people out there that watch mixed martial arts because they're dealing with so much shit in their life. And I say this a lot, and I'm sorry, but it's so true. Whether your boss is yelling at you, whether your girlfriend broke up with you, whether yeah, whether you got home after a long day of work and you step in dog shit walking in the door. <laughs> like Everyone's going through struggles. And it's amazing to unite for these fights like we have tomorrow night, UFC 235. For Jeremy Stevens, it's amazing that you went through this, yeah, but tomorrow night, you can put that behind you, go in there, and feel alive again, win or lose. There's no, I can't even imagine how amazing that must feel. For Jeremy Stevens to step inside the octagon and feel that redemption whether he wins or loses against a beat. in my quick pick, I have Jeremy winning against a beat. I know a lot of you guys are going, uh, really? Yes. That's what life's about. That's what life's about. So uh, that, that's a hard thing to read. But I uh, hope you guys understand where I'm coming from there. And yeah, it's healthy. Like, I'd rather Jeremy Stevens talk about this than if he's feeling that. And he's feeling these upsetting thoughts. To shove them inside We see this a lot with You know comedians There was a lot that happened this week with Brody Stevens If you guys follow along with a lot of the MMA podcasts that I follow along with I'm sure you heard a lot about it And you know who Brody Stevens is It's better to talk about it And I'm happy that he went to go get help But here he is tomorrow night The haters aren't going anywhere Haters will be there no matter what you're doing No matter what sport you're in, no matter where you work, no matter what high school you go to, there's haters everywhere. and There's haters everywhere. It's just something we need to learn to deal with. And I'm just happy that he got help. Let me move on. I know I spent a little bit long, a little too much time on there, but I'm happy I said that. Anthony Smith on Luke Rockhold's call out. If I was Luke Rockhold with the chin he has, I wouldn't be saying shit about anybody. You're not winning. You're not even looking good. You're not even being competitive. Now, here's the thing. A lot of fighters feel the pressure to talk shit this day and age. The last couple of years, it's really turned into the WWE. Whether the diehard fans like it or not, it's the truth. The new fans coming in, they want to see characters. They want to see... That's it. They want to see characters. You're still tuning into a TV like you did when you were a little kid. When you watched Hulk Hogan. When you watched whatever show you did. What guy you interested was the characters. In fighting, you look at Muhammad Ali. What made him so big? The shit-talking. You look at Conor McGregor. What made him so big? The shit-talking and winning. Yeah. My point being... Um, that's probably the tenth time I said it this time on on this on this broadcast, but it's 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 the truth. My point here is, fighters feel a pressure now to talk shit, and you look at people like James Vick, who was talking mad shit before he had the fight with Justin Gaethje. Goes in there, gets knocked out, and then people jump on his back. Oh, you shouldn't have been talking shit. You're what the fuck do you mean? I shouldn't be talking. You guys want that. My company told me to promote this way. What I was saying really didn't, wasn't intended to take a actual impact on Justin Gates. He knows what's going on here, and he's happy I'm doing it because we're selling the fight. That's exactly what we see here with Anthony Smith responding to Luke Rockholt. Exactly what we see there. All right, let's move on. I'm going to be ending this in the next couple of. uh This is interesting. The next couple of thought, uh, news stories there. Top ten rankings from MMA Worldwide in 2007. Found it in a library book sale and thought the old school fans might appreciate. We got Fedor. We got what? Shogun Hua, Anderson Silva, TSP. What is that? Gomi. Who's that in there? Yeah, it's Tanya Gomi. How about that? 10 years ago, let's see how many of these guys are still fighting. <laughs> top guys, top 10 rankings. How about that? Wow, 10 years, 2007. So I was in high school, and I remember at this time, 2007. If we go back, I remember being in the senior lounge, and we would always have it. Was it Spike TV at the time? I forgot what it was. TNT, Spike TV, I forgot what it was, but. They had the ultimate fighter on there, all the time, nonstop, that's all we watched. Forrest Griffin, like, oh man. 10 years, like, that flew by, man. Look at that, that flew by. Matt Hughes, all right, let's end it here. Matt Hughes hit with restraining order. Wave claims domestic violence. Now, let me sit back for a second. When this news broke, there was a lot of fans out there that were like, oh, man, have you read his book? He's a lot more darker. He's not somebody that you should really look up to if you read his book and and heard his story. And if you don't know the story, you might be like, why, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Listen, Matt Hughes is one of the best to ever do it inside the UFC. There's a difference between what a fighter is inside the octagon and who a fighter is outside the octagon. I will praise Matt Hughes for what he did inside the octagon. I will praise Matt Hughes for what he's been able to accomplish in the last couple of years despite this allegation. Because, yeah, there's a restraining order. We don't know the actual facts. But, you know, after he was hit by the, the, the train, people were like, oh, maybe that's why he is the way he is. Maybe it's CTE. And people will respond that no Matt Hughes or fans that know Matt Hughes are not, and have read his book, they'll go, no, man, he's been like this for a long time. What do you think about this?